episode 16 of the original geek show and i am your host of course nick the renaissance man helms and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode if you're here for the first time thanks uh for taking time out of your day um to listen to the show where we talk uh, geek culture and uh whatever else that's on my mind and um this uh, show of course is uh presented by nh media of which uh i am the boss man of uh, NH Media, we're uh, just a bunch of people just uh, having fun, putting out some entertainment stuff, and we're not trying to be famous or anything, or trying to make this a business where this is all we do. But we're just having we're just having a good time. We're having a good old time, and we're just glad you're all here to support us and whatnot. And I don't know why I went really southern on there, but we're gonna just roll with it, and because uh, that's what we do on the show. And if you're a longtime listener of the show. So, okay, that's uh, all that I got for you. Um, not for the show, for just for you listeners that have already been here. You already know what's up. You already know I love you. Each and every one of you. You listening. You with the ears. Thanks. Um, but anyways, we're going to get into the thick of it today on the 16th episode of the show. Um, but um, last week's uh, show... Uh, we had a little small, at the beginning, a little small tribute to the great Betty White. Um, great comedic actor of time, died at the age of 99. And unfortunately, again this week, I'm going to have to have a, another tribute. Um, this time to Mr. Bob Saget. Uh, Bob Saget uh, died, was found, uh, died at the age of 65, I believe it was. Uh, Bob is most known uh, for being the Danny Tanner, the Danny Tanner, on the Full House show, um, America's Dad, as we know him, as we lost our grandma and our dad in that in a small amount of time, and I, this this one hit me pretty good, um, just much like Betty White did. You know, uh, I was a fan of Full House back when I was younger. And uh, then, you know, Bob Saga was also known as a uh, stand-up comedian, um, and uh, uh, some would say a raunchy stand-up comedian uh, throughout his time, um, which is much different uh, than uh, his full house dating Tanner. Uh, He was a a very funny guy, though, and uh, he was also one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. Uh, A lot of people have said that. Um, A lot of people like Bob Saget, and so it was very... Depressing. Uh, he hosted America's Funniest Home Videos for many years as well. Um, uh, he, he was on um, uh, that Dumb and Dumber uh, prequel movie that should never have been made. Um, he was also on several episodes of Entourage. Entourage is one of my my top five favorite shows of all time, and uh, he played several episodes in that. And he was just hilarious in that. Um, and he, he was just a great guy, great funny guy, 
and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna, it sucks but I mean uh, as goes life we do not know how he died by the way um, he was found in the hotel room uh, foul play has already been ruled out so has drug overdose um, so we don't really know at this time how he passed away um, so we, we, we may find that out later and I may share that or I may not depending on what the circumstances are um, but just, you know, just shout out to his whole entire family and friends and uh, what they were going through. That, you know, just hate that for them. Um, I know that Jody Sweeten, who, uh, who played Stephanie Tanner, did a very touching tribute to her on him on his, her Instagram after she found out that Bob passed away. Um, it was really great. Because um, even at... It, in, she said at his funeral that he she was going to tell a dirty joke because that's what Bob would want and would be proud of her for doing so. And at the end, she said, you were supposed to be here longer. How would... Um, just like her character Stephanie uh, would used to say on Full House, which I thought was a really cool, really cool deal. So, uh, but yeah, enough sadness, though. Enough sadness. R.I.P. Bob. I miss you. Um... Uh, uh, but uh, we're moving on. So the next episode that you listen to, episode 17, which will be out next week. This Today, I am recording this on Thursday. It's been a long week again. Hopefully, uh, This month is just a busy month for work and other stuff going on. So episodes may just be coming out on... Because uh, I'm recording this on Thursday. Of course, today is Cryptozoomology Day. So I won't be putting this out on Thursday. I'll be putting it on Friday again. So if you listen to it, it's probably Friday or a day or two after. Um, I don't know whenever you listen to this show. Um, but today is Peacekeeper Day. It's January 13th, 2022. Peacekeeper, uh, first three episodes are on uh, HBO Max as of today. So we're going to be watching that show later on. Um, and uh, But we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, next week's episode, though, as I said, the 17th episode will be the top 21 of 21, uh, where I will discuss the top 21 geek releases of the year, to, of my top 21 geek releases of 2021. Um, that will be the next episode, and that's going to take a big chunk of the episode. We may do two episodes next week. We'll see. Um, so I'm going to record that on Monday or Tuesday, one the, I guess because I don't work on Monday. So probably Tuesday. Um, we'll see if there's no children at my house on Monday, what I'll do. Um, but, um, yeah, what's significant about that episode is that I will also be letting you know a lot of friends of mine, uh, and listeners of the show, um, that I'm going to be dropping their top ten of, uh, of things that they liked last year. Now, my list is literally uh, stuff, everything that I am on my list is um, stuff that came out last year in 2021. Their list um, is going to be um, a combination of stuff that came out last year and then just stuff that they enjoyed. Um, so, uh, but I just, I just think it would be cool to get a lot of other people's perspective and then, you know, I can talk about that thing. So it's going to be, that'll probably be like pretty much the entire episode. Um, so we won't, we may not have any other things on that episode. I don't know. 
we'll just have to wait and see what time wise does because I try to keep these under an hour um, in case you're doing uh, yeah so but let's move forward with this sh show um, as I just mentioned Peacekeeper um, Peacekeeper is a show by James Gunn a spinoff of Peacekeeper that was in the Suicide Squad J uh, John Cena uh, believe I don't know how many episodes 8, 10 episodes um, I've talked about the trailer before me and Kyle talked about it um, it's going to be real uh, I believe that's when we talked about it whenever he was on the show the Spider-Man No Way Home sh uh, show um, go ahead back and listen to that really great show uh, anytime Kyle's on the program it's going to be it's going to be really good um, a lot of good discussion um, and, or if anyone else comes on the show um, which anyone's free to do that by the way um, but I'm really excited about Peacekeeper I really loved uh, John Cena as Peacekeeper he's really great in comedic roles and so can't wait to see the show trailer has been looking awesome um, I really love the Suicide Squad. Spoiler alert, it's on my top 21 of 21. Um, where it falls, we shall see. I imagine it's pretty good, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but, yes. Um, and speaking of Peacekeeper, you can listen to the soundtrack, the official James Gunn soundtrack to the first three episodes of Peacekeeper by going to Spotify and uh, looking up uh, Peacekeeper official tra uh, playlist. Um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you can just click the, click the link that I shared. Um, and you can listen to the Peacemaker uh, three uh, episode soundtrack. It's on every song. You know, James Gunn is good with uh, integrating music into his shows and movies, um, as we know from the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movie. And uh, so a lot of a lot of different um, people on this um, official playlist, like Foxy Shazam, the Poodles. Um, there's the um, like a metal rock version of Pumped Up Kicks from John Murphy on there, which is an official Peacekeeper song. Um, there's Bang Camaros on here, uh, Sister um, Kissing Dynamite. Tons tons of. Uh, um, great um, rock bands and stuff on here so uh, check it out on Spotify while you're on Spotify you can listen to every NH Media um, podcast I don't know where you listen to we're on Anchor Google Podcast and we're on Spotify if you're on Spotify do me a favor they have reviews now you can review podcasts so uh, why don't you drop a review if you don't mind I don't care if you say this show sounds like shit and you hate it just let me know that's good. I'll improve it. I'll try to do whatever you want me to do. I won't, uh, you know, that's that's what I'm here for. I'm here for you. Um, but let us know what you think. Um, all our shows are just on the NH Media Podcast. You can get, uh, I say all our shows, both our shows. Uh, original Geek Show and Cryptozoomology. New shows coming. I think we got a D&D &D show going to end up coming now. It's being uh, it's being developed by the Cryptozoomology, the Crypto Squad. Um, believe they're doing a D&D show. I know that me and Kyle have talked about. There's a Marvel role-playing game um, coming out this year. Um, we've talked about doing a show based on that. Um, that's probably going to happen. Who knows what other shows. If you are uh, if you got a podcast idea, you can uh, put it on our channel. Uh, you can just send me the audio. You can just talk to me about it, and 
All you have to do is send me an audio. I do all the editing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, speaking of James Gunn, though, and Peacekeeper, going back to that. James Gunn uh, has now confirmed that his uh, next project is going to, after Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and the holiday special, is going to be a DC project, and it's going to be a DC TV show. Um, not really for sure. I had a lot of speculation of what I thought it could be. I thought maybe it could be another spinoff show of the Suicide Squad. Um, another character, um, like he's a peacekeeper. However, like the producer of the Suicide Squad said that he would like more shows that are spinoff shows from the Suicide Squad so that if a movie person, like a director or producer or whatever, uh, writer has an idea for like a character like Bloodsport or Ratcatcher or Polka Dot Man. He, he dropped all these people um, names. He said then, you know, they can get with him and they can develop a show. Um, so that makes me think that James Gunn isn't developing, isn't going to be doing a um, Suicide Squad spinoff that'll be something different. I'm not for sure uh, you know, who, who it could be, you know. Um, I mean, I'm just at this point, it's going to have to be a oddball character. I mean, he's not going to do like a Batman or a Superman type character. It would be somebody, it'd be somebody different. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe the question, um, Booster Gold? Uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of who, you know, maybe to even do a Red Hood show, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, not going to happen. Um... Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think of characters wise. Um, I mean, there's already a Blue Beetle movie coming. Um, we've seen, you know, there's so many people that already have shows or on shows in DC shows. So I don't know. Booster Gold, Question, Red Hood. Those are those are pretty good choices that I think that James Gunn could do. Um, I don't I don't know who else off, but I I mean we we don't know. Uh, if you got some speculation, why don't you let me know? You can drop it in some type of comment, or you know, send a. Uh, if you follow NH Media on Facebook, which is facebook.com/slash/the NH Media Group, you can follow us, like that page, send me a message, and tell me what you think, or you know, send me a personal message. If we're friends, what do you think James Gunn is developing for HBO Max? Okay, that's that's it. That's that's your homework, and let me know what you think. And uh, let's see, we'll, we'll move on though, okay? And uh, because I, honestly, I, I don't know. All right, but uh, before, I got just one more, one, one more serious pick that he would pick, could pick, and then a funny one that seems like a better choice for James Gunn. If he was gonna do something serious, then he should do Hawkman, because that's not getting a, he's not getting a movie that I know of so far. Um, but, seri but a funny pick, something that suits James Gunn but the most, Plastic Man. It's a, I don't know, Booster Gold would be good too. Plastic Man, could be, could be. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, so Jeff Lemire, who's like one of my favorite writers, by the way, um, has just signed an exclusive deal with Image Comics. Um, now, there will be some exceptions to this, but um, as for um, projects at 22 and beyond, uh, he has now signed an exclusive deal with Image for a writer... Uh, being a writer and an artist, um, of course, different obsessions. Uh, but anyway, the deal does include the up, uh, lots of new projects, including the upcoming project, uh, Little Monsters, that he's got with Dustin Nugent, uh, uh, who uh, 
worked on uh, Descender with him, co-created that. Um, he's going to be more series, uh, spinning out of Lemire and uh, Andrea Sorrento's uh, Gideon Fall series as part of what is now being called the Bone Orchard Mythos of Shared Horror Universe titles, um, which is going to be lots of different types of books and stuff, not lots, just like ongoing and graphic novels and different things. That, that uh, Bone Ar- Orchard, Orchard Mythos is supposed to be pretty good. Um, and then there's uh, going to be some more soon-to-be-announced projects uh, from Jeff Lemire. Uh, soon, uh, hopefully we'll be talking about that soon. Um, and then some with him, uh, with other artists, and, and then some with him writing and drawing the whole thing, because he does both. Um, but I do know that what's not included is that his uh, Black Lem- uh, Hammer franchise that's at Dark Horse, he is still going to be doing that. Um, which he said that in his uh, newsletter that he puts out. Uh, he's still going to be working on finishing up the Black Hammer, which he's got Black Hammer Reborn, and then I think they got Black Hammer at the end, another series that's going to be coming out after Black Hammer Reborn. Uh, so he's going to finish up Black Hammer, that, so nothing that's going to that. He also has a sub-stack, um, and so he's still going to be doing the sub-stack, which, if you don't know what Substack is, it's a basically a digital platform that a bunch of creators have been doing uh, stuff on. Um, I know that. Um, but that, that's digital only, and so he's still going to be doing those. The uh, exclusive deal is for his print comics, which I mean, what I basically think will also mean is that anything that he does on Substack, he could put in print through image. So... Um, uh, Black Hammer's done through Dark Horse, by the way, Dark Horse Comics. I don't know if I mentioned, mentioned that. Uh, but I know that, uh, but as I said about the Substack things, I know that uh, his first comic is called Fish Flies. He's been doing on his Substack. And that is also, has already said, they've already said that's going to be done in print through Image. So, um, just, just a little thing there. So, uh, nothing to worry about. Um... I believe that Kyle mentioned this to me on the episode that he was on, and I, so, but he told me that there was a Fallout TV series, and then right after that, soon after that, um, a couple of weeks later, um, this past week, actually, um, that um, the Fallout TV series, there was news on it, that the Fallout TV series is going to be, begin production in 2022, um, which is, uh, this is on Amazon, uh, which is really cool um, that they're doing this, and... Um, so it's going to be starting, um, and if you haven't played uh, Fallout, the Fallout games, it's a post-apocalyptic RPG game. Um, that's um, they, they have several of those games. Um, check them out. Really great. Really love the Fallout series. Uh, one of my favorite video game series. Um, I even enjoyed Fallout 76 for a little bit. Um, so don't hate me. Uh, believe that Jonathan Nolan... Is set to direct the series premiere of that. Uh, now, uh, Jonathan Nolan, he's the co-creator of HBO's Westworld, um, which I plan plan on uh, doing um, a first impression on. I think next week. Uh, probably, obviously not. Probably the next episode because I don't think there's gonna. Be, I don't know if there's gonna be any first impressions on that. Um, if I do, it'll be something that come out in 2021, just to go with the theming. 
Um, but the next episode, I'm thinking we're gonna do Westworld. Uh, so just know that's on the that's on the docket. Um, but Westworld apparently shares uh, similar dystopian themes with the world of Fallout, so it makes sense that uh, uh, Jonathan Nolan be on that. Um, I know that the show is being written by Captain Marvel writer uh, Geneva Robertson Duarte and uh, Portlandia and Silicon Valley's Graham Wagner. Uh, they're both of them are actually going to be the showrunners. So um, they but they haven't done any type of casting for the Fallout show. Um, so not really for sure where it'll be set or what anything like that or you know if the, the Brotherhood of Steel will be in it or any type of faction other factions or what creatures we'll see Death Claws maybe that I could see that coming in at the end of the first season or something or maybe the Brotherhood still I don't know um, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Now, The Boys, um, speaking of Amazon, uh, The Boys, um, said that, um, they finally have a release date. Um, they are going to be the season, for season three. Uh, season three is going to be premiering its first three episodes on, uh, Amazon Prime on June the 3rd, 2022. And then the remaining five episodes, it's an eight-episode season. They're going to air every Friday through July the 8th. Uh, so, June, um... Just that's a, such a long way away. <laughs> it seems like uh, okay. Um, I just I, I just don't know this whole six months in advance of announcing thing. That's just weird uh, thing to me. Like the Lightyear movie comes out in like June or July, but we already have a trailer for that whole movie, and I'm like, I don't know. It just seems like a long way away. Is that it? Just is that. Normally, how they do that Lightyear trailer we've had for a few months now too. So I mean, like nine months of something, of a trailer, and I just don't recall getting trailers. I mean, we got the friggin' Spider-Man No Way Home trailer like I'm just like a month before the movie. I mean, I don't know. I've been so spoiled by these trailers coming. Like I, it's so I don't know exactly what the time deal is on trailers of how long people wait to put out trailers and when they do put out trailers or don't put out trailers. I don't, I don't, I don't really know, but it seems like announcing six months in advance seems like a really long time. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe in this world now, I'm just used to getting stuff and then soon afterwards getting, uh, getting to watch it. You know, maybe I've been just getting spoiled. Maybe this is how it used always has been. I don't know. Can't really, can't really remember. Uh, the COVID world has got me. It's a pandemic. You America, uh, not really a pandemic. You of America, a pandemic in uh, United States of America, uh, has really got me confused on the how things work in the world. So maybe, maybe, maybe so. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. But it, it it seems weird to me. Let me know if it seems weird to you. Uh, but speaking of trailers. Uh, the trailer for Bel Air, the reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, the dramatic reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, just debuted uh, this past this this week. Uh, Bel Air is going to be um, appearing on Peacock, and it, it basically it's a reimagining of the Fresh Prince origin story. Um, it's, it's a modern day interpretation of that. It's going to debut on February 13th. Um, 
the first look trailer, um, as I said, just came out. Uh, this, um, all the main characters from the original return, including Uncle Phil and Carlton, um, and, and Jeffrey, and uh, you know, just everybody, uh, they're just not how you remember them. It's uh, it's it's very different. Um, again, the only person that I mean, I, I watched the trailer. Um, I really enjoyed it, to be honest with you. Um, th this, is, this project was actually inspired by a fan film, writer and director Morgan Cooper, that he released in 2019 on YouTube. Um, and so it, it was a dramatic trailer, um, kind of like a spoof in a way, um, but ended up, um, ended up being taken um, that Will Smith's Westbrook Studios um, wanted to produce a series and they uh, he actually talked to Morgan Cooper and Morgan Cooper is actually a director, a co-writer and an executive producer on the show. Um, so I, I just I, I just think that's really cool. Um, the as I said it comes on the 13th. Uh, Peacock will actually release the first three episodes of Bel Air on Super Bowl Sunday with subsequent uh, issue is, episodes it almost said issues to follow uh, weekly. Um, it's slated already picked up for two seasons instead of just one, so that's really cool. Um, but just going on the trailer, the trailer's really cool. I mean, it's basically you get like a good overview of the show, what it's going to be like. Uh, it's, as I said, it's a very dramatic telling of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but I mean, it sticks pretty much to the same, you know, basic storyline. Uh, you know, uh, Will um, in West Philadelphia. And uh, where he was born and 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 raised, and then uh, he was on a on a playground shooting some b-ball outside of school. Um, uh, when a couple of guys, they were really up to no good. They started making trouble um, in his neighborhood. I hear, um, and so then he gets into a fight, and because his mom is really scared about that. Um, she sends him to live with his aunt and uncle in a town called Bel Air, which is the name of the show, conveniently. Uh, so that's just the basic of the story, in case you didn't know what Fresh, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air was about, or what this Bel Air show is going to be about. Uh, it's a little bit going to be a little bit different in a way that the fight is more of a um, will, like, it seems that uh, the, there's going to be someone that um, basically he's going to have a run-in with that's a very dangerous person, um, and, um, gang-related, I'm assuming it looks to be, and, like, maybe there's some type of information that Will knows or something or gives out, and so this is why he has to move to Bel Air, uh, just based on the trailer, um, yeah, and so it's gonna be more adult, it seems, more dramatic, um, Uncle Phil's not fat. A lot of people were complaining about that. I'm not for sure why. Does it really matter? I mean, I, I don't understand why why that why that's a deal. But uh, I don't I don't really care. Um, but I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about the show. I really like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. We just talked about the reunion not too long ago on this show, a couple episodes ago. Um, so yeah, um, and I wasn't going to watch the trailer, and I was going to do a first impression of it, but. Um, much like another trailer that I just watched, How I Met Your Father, um, I decided that, you know, maybe I should just review some shows and just watch the trailer for the shows. 
See, these trailers just dropped, but the show's dropping February 13th, but yet we get an announcement trailer for The Boys, which I guess we didn't get the trailer, so I guess it's not a big deal, but it's still an announcement trailer. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't, I don't know. It seems off. But we'll watch. We'll probably get a trailer in the next day or so for The Boys and six months ahead of time. Uh, anyways, sorry. Yeah, I'll move on. I'll move on, okay? I'll move on for it. Anyways, check out the trailer for Bel Air if you haven't already. It's going to be great. And then we'll talk about that when it comes out. Um, that is going to be on the docket. We're going to add it, add it to the docket. If there's any upcoming shows or movies that you think I should watch and review, then let me know. Uh, they could be first impressions, or they could be stuff I already know. I don't know. We'll, we'll make it... Out and I have a lot of first impressions I got to do, so I may not add more to that. I may just watch the trailers and stuff, and well, just really depends on what it is. Anyways, moving on, moving on. Uh, last bit of a couple, just a couple bit of no, more news here. Uh, the new Pixar movie, Turning Red, it's uh, skipping theaters. It's the third Pixar movie to uh, skip theaters, and it's headed straight to Disney Plus. Um, it was supposed to come out to theaters March the 11th, but now it's going to debut exclusively on the streaming service Disney Plus. Um, the new Pixar movie, Turn Red. As I said, this is the third movie um, that has uh, come to Disney Plus, um, which I believe uh, Soul was that, and then Luca right after that. So, um, so yeah, um, this is no additional cost, by the way. It's not like a, the live action films like Milan and Black Widow, which were charged subscribers the additional $30 for the Disney Premium Access. It is literally just going to be for free for all Disney Plus subscribers. So, you get to watch the third Pixar movie. Man, it's crazy. I believe that this movie is uh, directed by Domi Shi. Um, that's what I got written down here. Um, she also worked on Pixar's Inside Out and Incredibles 2 and directed the Pixar short Bao, B-A-O, which is one of my favorite Pixar shorts. Um, so, check that out. Those out. Those films and stuff. Um, but if you... It's a good thing for the uh, family to watch. So, uh, yeah. And, I, oh, speaking of Pixar movies, I remember that Onward um, was made available to stream. Now, that was put out at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, yeah, so, therefore, it was, uh, it, it was, it was like, less than, it was in theaters, I think, less than a month before Disney put it on uh, Disney+. Plus. That's also because the pandemic started happening then, and everything started shutting down. So, uh um, it, it happens, life happens, and, uh, apparently, and, uh, yeah, but, uh, so, and it was kind of, it was, it wasn't even theaters long, so, I mean, it's kind of like the, this is, so this is kind of like the fourth Pixar movie to debut, uh, on Disney Plus, uh, so, I mean, they're not, I don't know, has there any, been any Disney movies that come out? Was that Ryan the Last Dragon? Well, some of them, most of the Disney animated movies have just been going to Disney Plus, right? Since then, since the pandemic started. I mean, I don't know what animated movies gone to the theaters that's Disney. So, I don't know. Um, just a couple bit of bit more mo mo news. I can't speak. Uh, and the Invincible co-creator Robert Kirkman is being sued over the comic's ownership stake. Um, by, um, of course, um, uh, what's his name? Colorist, uh, William Crabtree. Um, he is claiming co-creator status on Invincible. Um, allegedly he was tricked into abandoning his copyright for the, 
and for the for the uh, series. Um, uh, Kirkman, he co-created Mythful, uh, which is an amazing comic book series, by the way. I've read the whole thing. You should get the whole thing and read it, and also watch the show on Amazon for a season. Um, uh, it was co-created back in 2003 with artist Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. Um, uh, Crabtree's never been acknowledged as a co-creator, so I don't know why all of a sudden now it's been one of this is 18 years. Now he's claiming that he's a co-creator. Um, it's kind of weird. Apparently, um, the lawyers and him saying that uh, Kirkman gave him an oral agreement for 20% of sales proceeds of the comic and 10% of any film or TV adaption, but that Kirkman and his representatives pressured him to transfer his copyright claim to Kirkman so that Mitzvah could be easily optioned to Hollywood and that Kirkman was just going to pay him money. Um, but apparently, um, that didn't happen, or I, I don't know. I, I, who knows what's going to happen. I know that he had some uh, type of deal with uh, Tony Moore on The Walking Dead, uh, and I believe that they settled out of court. So this isn't the first time that Robert Kirkman has had to deal with uh, stuff over his uh, creations, so uh, I don't know if he's a good guy or not. He seems like a really nice guy. I've you know seen him in interviews and stuff, and... I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the beef is, so I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to, like, not be a co-creator for, like, 18 years and then, then all of a sudden say that you're a co-creator because the show started gaining traction because it got a show on Amazon, and now you want to all of a sudden be a co-creator. I mean, I, I don't know. It seems a little... Coming out of the woodwork, I guess? I don't know. Uh, but I, I also don't want to just, like dismiss anybody's claims of anything so who knows um but i'm sure this will just be settled out of court and that kirkman will just give up some of that kirkman millions of dollars that he has so dude's rolling in the money like a and i imagine robert kirkman when he gets up in the morning that he's like scrooge mcduck and he goes and has like this big vault of gold coins that he just dives in and swims around in but instead of gold coins, it's obviously not gold coins because that would probably hurt diving into a thing of gold. So it's just probably just like buckets and buckets of money that he just dives into. So like a big giant vault of $100 of bills and he's just swimming around in it. I could see it happening. Uh, Kirkman's just a topic person, I think. I love Robert Kirkman, so don't get it twisted. Um, but I, I think I just have one little bit of else news is that, um, Ed Brubaker, Ed Brubaker is now a head writer. Um, apparently he's been the head writer on the Batman, uh, Kate Crusader show that is being developed for HBO Max by, uh, creator, um, uh, Bruce Timm. And which is also executive produced by J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves. We talked about it. It's one of the most exciting things that I think was announced at DC Fandom. And I really think it's awesome that Ed Brubaker has, apparently he's been on the show, but it's just now being announced um, that he, he's the head of the creative team, uh, the writing team on the Batman Cape Crusader, the animated series that's being worked on for HBO Max and uh, Cartoon Network, apparently both of them. Um, which... Uh, Apparently, he's uh, acting as Bruce Timm's right-hand man, um, and he's also earning an executive producer credit on the show, um, which apparently is also going to have a 10-episode first season. Um, I'm really excited about that. 
Because uh, I, I remember Bruce Timm saying that this is more Batman the Animated Series than Batman the Animated Series. It's all the stuff that they couldn't do in the 90s on Batman the Animated Series because then they could do now. So I'm just really excited about this. I mean, this is this is just amazing. And just Ed Brubaker is like one of my... Another amazing writer uh, that I really like. Um, and so... Uh, just uh, and he does crime stories amazing the best crime writer there is probably and the fact that he's going to be doing uh, a batman show that is you know crime that's just amazing so that that that's going to be great and can't wait to do that um because brubaker wasn't he the co-writer and co-creator of that gotham central uh, book which um, has an omnibus coming out in April, I believe. I think I'm going to pick that up, so then I'll uh, be able to know about that, because I, I missed out on that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but that is all the news that we have. And actually, speaking of Ed Brubaker, um, I watched a show that Ed Brubaker uh, worked on, and that show was called Too Old to Die Young, which you can watch on Amazon. Um on Amazon Prime, if you're a Prime member, um, too old to die young. It is a crime uh, mini series uh, directed by Nicholas uh, Rin, Riffin, 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 R E F N Riff Rin. Let's just go in or Rin. Yeah, we'll just that F is probably uh, silent. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it would be silent. Uh, it. Um, it was written by him, the Ren and Ed Brubaker, uh, stars Miles Teller and Augusto Aguilera. It premiered on Amazon on June 14, 2019. It didn't get picked up for a second season or anything. Um, it is very a noir crime drama. Um, I'm trying to find a good description of it um, here. Uh, so it follows a grieving police officer who, along with the man who shot his partner, um, finds himself in an underworld filled with working-class hitmen, Yakuza soldiers, cartel assassins sent from Mexico, Russian mafia captains, and gangs of teenage killers. Now, I, I basically watched this show just because Brew Baker uh, worked on it, and I wanted to just do something. I was already, I just wanted to do something Brew Baker um, because I, I was like, oh my goodness, uh, what? Uh, since the Kate Crusader thing, I was like, you know what? I, you know, I have Westworld on the thing. Um, I think he he worked on that first season of Westworld, and so I um, wanted to see uh, he, in in the announcement on his newsletter newsletter when he talked about Kate Crusader, he said something about the two old and die young. So I looked it up and saw that I could to uh, I could watch it on Amazon. So basically, what happens is is that we it's we start out and um, we're in Los Angeles. Um, and we're following a police officer, two of them, um, one of them played, uh, by, uh, Miles Teller, who is amazing in this, by the way. Um, he plays Martin Jones, and then his partner, uh, is named Larry. Now, Martin and Larry, we find out, are not very good people. <laughs> so, that's the best way that I can describe, uh, Martin and Larry, is that they are not good police officers. Um, in fact, because uh, they're talking and uh, sitting there, they're just like outside like a gas station or something, and they're just standing there outside the cop cars, and Larry apparently is texting a girl, 
Um, who, her, her name is Amanda. It's apparently his mistress, because he's married. And um, he, apparently, the mistress was going to, like, do, say a bunch of stuff to his Larry's wife or whatever like this. And going to make a big deal out of it. And so then he's like, well, she's just going to have to die. And I was like, what the crap? Um, okay. So, and then um, we see, then we see this other guy. Um, this Mexican guy, he's uh, in uh, a car, just just looking across the street somewhere. Um, and then we, we go back to Larry and Martin, and then they pull. Then they go pull someone over. And then uh, we, it's a girl, and so basically, like they're just staring at this girl, and so he says a lot of inappropriate. The Larry, the cop. Um, says a lot of inappropriate things to the girl, makes her get out of the car, and, like, basically says, like, uh, wants to know what she can do for him that will get her out of this ticket, and then he gets her address and stuff, and, like, he's gonna, like, come to her address or something like this later on, and then he, like, has her open her wallet, and he takes, like, all this money out of her, like, $440 or something like this, I believe is the right amount, out of her wallet, just takes, takes the money from her. And then just tells her to leave. Uh, so was, I was like, "These are these are bad people. Um, these are not good cops." Um, anyways, so then Larry and Martin are outside talking, and um, Larry goes and and then so Mark goes to the car, and Larry's like talking, gets this message from the Amanda mistress, and then he's gonna send her a selfie, and then as he's taking a selfie, the, the, the Mexican guy that I was talking about. Um, um, he, uh, uh, his name is Jesus Rojas, by the way. Uh, he comes, he comes behind Larry as he's taking a selfie and shoots him. And then Martin goes and, like, tries to, you know, shoot him or whatever like that. And dude gets away, speeds off. Um, and, which, th this starts the whole story. And then he goes and grabs his phone. And he sees that the guy, uh, is in the picture. Um, and so... This this starts a crazy wild story that I really didn't didn't really expect at all. All right. Um. Anyways, just I'm gonna just go over what happens there. Um. So Martin hides that picture, doesn't show it to the police. He shows it to this gang leader called Damien, named Damien. Um. Now the killer. Um. His uh. That Damien is the one who tells him his name is Jesus Rojas. Um. Apparently, um. Martin. And Larry killed um, the um, killed the, this guy's mom, and because he's because whenever Jesus uh, sh shoots Larry, he says this is for my mom. Um, apparently, uh, but Damien apparently says that Larry killed that uh, Larry said that Martin killed uh, the lady, and Martin says that no, Larry lied that it was it was Larry. So I don't really know who killed. Ooh. Um, anyways, um, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. Um, but, and so, so what, so for Damien tells Martin that if they're going to be silent, that they have to, then Martin has to kill a guy for them. So, um, then we see that Martin, uh, apparently ha goes and picks up this girl from outside of school. Um, her name is Janie. Apparently, she's a seven, the seventeen-year-old girlfriend of Martin, um, still in high school, um, and apparently she so like 
she he picks her up at school, and then they go to the house and bang it out and stuff. And apparently, she has told her do- her dad that uh, who is apparently rich um, that they are together, and her dad apparently approves of it. Approves approves of it. So Martin has dinner with uh, Janie and her dad, um, but then um, they're like. He takes her around the house and shows him Janie's room, and then dude looks really, acts really weird, like he imitates a tiger, and then like makes sexual advances toward Martin. Um, but I don't know what's there. But then he says he's just kidding, um, and uh, I, I don't really know. Um, then after more, uh, maybe later on in the show, we'll find out more stuff. Um, after, um, Damien tries course, uh, Martin Moore, uh, he decides that he's going to do what he's asked, because at first he wasn't going to, but then they, like, start hitting on him and stuff, and he decides he's going to, he, anyway, he tracks his target down, uh, they're supposed to at a car shop, and, um, apparently, um, the guy that he's supposed to kill is naked, and so then he ends up fighting him, and then he, Martin ends up killing him, and then, um, I think later on in the show, Larry has a memorial service um, where the police serve orange juice and pancakes, apparently. That's what you eat at a funeral service, memorial service. Um, Martin ends up getting promoted to a homicide. So not only is this bad cop, he's <laughs> a bad cop, but he's getting promoted. Uh, sounds like a cop thing. Um, then uh, Damien's gang then captures uh, Amanda. Uh, claiming she tried to sell Martin out to Mexicans, and they um, offer Martin a gun and the opportunity to deal with her as he wants, and we're not really shown uh, there what he does. Um, the, he does take the gun, and then we see him outside where he, and then he texts Janie, and then, because uh, they had a fight, and then he texts her that he misses her, and then she texts back that he misses him. That's kind of how the episode ends. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy show. Um, I really, but I really enjoyed it. I really, um, I really did enjoy what I, what I saw. Um, so I'm actually forgot to look up the Rotten Tomatoes and scores just because I, I don't really care about it. Um, but the average tomato meter is a 70 and then audience score is a 78. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with this show as an eight. eight. Eight sounds good to me right now. Um, it's intriguing though, and I kind of want to see more of it. And Miles Teller, if I was just going off Miles Teller's performance, I think it would probably be like a nine or so. Uh, he's just amazing in this. And so, um, I mean, the last thing that I saw him in was that Fantastic Four movie that, that we should not speak of ever again after this right second. Um, but he, he's amazing. And so I want to, want to see our... I really want to see more of the show, so uh, I definitely recommend it. So uh, check out Too Old to Die Young on Amazon Prime. You won't regret it, I don't think. All right, and I do have another first impression today. This first impression is a book or a trade paperback or a graphic novel, a, a, a nice collection of comic books, if you will. It is, speaking of Robert Kirkman, uh, this is Oblivion Song. This is chapter one, the first volume of Oblivion Song from uh, Skybound Entertainment or Image Comics. Um, I don't have the Skybound name on it. It doesn't look like I'm going to I think it's just Image Comics. 
Oh, they're Skybound. Okay, yeah, Skybound. Um, this is from uh, Robert Kirkman, Lorenzo De Flishy, and Anna Lisa Leone. Anyway, a little bit about here is an all-new series from the Walking Dead creator, um, which it's not new anymore, um, but it's almost about to come to a close. Um, from, as I said, all-new series from the Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman, Italian superstar Lorenzo Del Felici. It says, a decade ago, 300,000 citizens of Philadelphia, speaking of Philadelphia again, um, were suddenly lost in oblivion. The government made every attempt to recover them, but after many years, they gave up. Nathan Cole won't. He makes daily trips, risking his life to try to rescue these lost, alone, and afraid. Um, those lost, alone, and afraid, living in the apocalyptic hellscape of oblivion. But maybe Nathan is looking for something else. Why can't he resist the siren call of the oblivion song? Now, this uh, first chapter here, it collects issues one to six. And I'm going to just get a little bit into this book just to tell you a little bit about it. So, uh... We start off here and we see this man and this woman running and they're in looks what looks like an alternate dimension. This is called Oblivion. By the way, it's an alternate dimension. Um, and so then we see a guy in a hooded outfit which look, and a mask which looks a lot like... It's very similar in uh, nature to uh, the Red Hood's new gear that he has on um, in comics these days. Um, so it's really, really strange. Um, and the guy has a gun. Um, so, really interesting stuff there. Um, anyways, yes. So, this guy, this guy and this woman are running, and then we see this guy with a gun and uh, his hood, and he shoots this guy, and then the guy just disappears. And then the girl is, uh, like, freaking out. And then um, this we see this monster come uh, out of nowhere and then starts uh, chasing the girl. And so then the guy with the gun is, like, running after the monster, and then sh he shoots the girl. And then she disappears. And then, so then the monster's going after this guy in this hood, and um, apparently he has this uh, machine on his belt. And uh, the machine on his belt um, apparently can transport him from oblivion to um, uh, back to the real world. Um, but the... As he, but the monster's still chasing him because apparently he didn't disappear, so he's trying to get the belt to work. Then the monster's coming after him, and then the monster's got him in his jaws, and then finally he, uh, so the belt's not working, and so he has to get one of the, the things that apparently, uh, the, the clip from his gun, and it gets out one of these test tube things that he shot the other people with, and then he just jabs it to his neck, and then that's how he, that's apparently, those things that he's shooting people with is sending people from oblivion, and to the, uh, back to the real world. Um, then we, we meet his team here, um, and, uh, apparently, uh, so basically, um, what we find out throughout this book is that it's been ten years, ten years ago in Philadelphia, and this big chunk of Philadelphia, um, was just, when, uh, it just automatically got replaced by the same amount of footage, or, amount of uh, uh, land as uh, that disappeared uh, but it was the land uh, it got replaced with land from oblivion so basically they switched places um, the land from oblivion and then the Philadelphia 300 people were missing and then so it brought into a bunch of creatures into um, 
<clears throat> to the real world. Um, and the guy in the hood was Nathan, Nathan Cole, and he is apparently uh, he he and his team go. He found a way to travel. Uh, he's very smart, and he learned the technology to travel to oblivion, and then to send all these people back to oblivion by shooting them. Um, apparently, he used to have a team that was uh, uh, funded by the government, um, and uh, apparently that's no longer a, a thing anymore, and the government and the world has pretty much given up on all these people, and so they don't fund the team anymore. Um, the guy, one of the guys on the team, uh, uh, is uh, Dunk. his name's Duncan. He, apparently, he was in oblivion for many years, um, uh, and then his uh, wife is Bernice, I believe, and she had moved on, uh, but then they got back together when he came back, and apparently her ex-boyfriend is still like love with her, and it has some type of dramatic play to it. Um, anyway, so basically Nathan, apparently, uh, they also, the government thinks that also he, he has an emotional tie to Oblivion and going there and rescuing these people because his brother was in Philadelphia. So his brother is missing. Um, so he, apparently, he keeps trying to find his brother. His brother's Ed. And so, basically, as we see more, as we go along, um, and, and Ed, apparently, um, is the head of a group in Oblivion, we see um, as the reader. Um, so, what then we get uh, to know what happened. So, 30 square miles of, Phil of Philadelphia area, uh, disappeared 10 years ago and was replaced with oblivion uh to the 30 square miles of the, the oblivion and all the creatures and stuff and so for a long time the world was like fighting all these big creatures and stuff um and so and nathan's been going there and taking people by uh he developed this technology to shoot these people and then they get shooting them with the start that basically sends them to um back to the real world as i stated previously um, then uh, Nathan is talking to the crab trees, which are the people that he, um, he rescued and they, and he tells that they tell him that, um, there's a huge outside the city, there's a huge, uh, group of people. Um, so, um, so Nathan's trying to get more people. Um, basically he just, so that's what he keeps doing is going to, um, get these people. Um, and so I, I'm not going to get really much into it. Um, it's a very interesting concept. Um, most of it after this, he goes to and tries to find those people. And, you know, and as I told you earlier, Ed is part of that. Um, but there's a twist of the, what happened, how this all came to be and what happened. Because at first there's a mystery. It's like, how did this happen? You know, this just happened randomly. Well, it didn't happen, happen randomly. So, um, that's all I really want to say. I don't want to get too much into it, um, because there's a lot of good story, and I really, I really enjoyed Oblivion's song. Um, uh, I, I, is it still ongoing? I think it's just got a few issues, two or three issues remaining before it, it's done. So, um, there's only like 30-something issues, I think, out. Uh, only a few volumes of it. Um, so if you, if you get a chance to check that out, if you haven't read Oblivion Song, um, it's, it's a really good property. Uh, of course, it's not, I don't think it's as good as, definitely not as good as Invincible and not as good as in Walking Dead. Um, 
So uh, I, uh, I, I, but I really, I really like it, and so it's strange that I haven't heard too much about it. I'm not for sure if uh, how it's received. Maybe I guess it's not received very well, but I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, if you've read a Blue Gun song, let me know what you think about it. And uh, but I, I really enjoy it, and uh, I mean, it's definitely an eight out of a ten for me. So it's in that uh, not. Not incredibly great, but but not. It's way better than average. It's you know, it's not like just the most amazing. Um, but it, it's it's great. It's good. Um, so that's where I kind of set my eight range is at. Is that I mean it's definitely worth your time. If so, I mean if you give something an eight or above, then you eight eight and a half nine nine and a half. Those are those type of scores. You should definitely definitely check it out, uh, regardless of. Uh, stuff that you're into um but a lot of people are kind of tired of the post-apocalyptic trait but it's not really post-apocalyptic because the rest of the world is just fine so it's kind of it's, it's it's not really on that but it's, it's a very interesting concept so um but check it out uh robert kirkman does great work so um, apparently he also maybe uh takes co-creator rights away from people i don't know we won't get into that again yeah, that is. But that's it. That is the the show for this week. That is all that I got for you. Um, here we are at the end, and you know, every week um, as we end the show, uh, or, or at least one episode a week, I like to tell you what comics that you should pick out. And so this week, um, of course, new comics come out on Wednesdays, and today is Friday, or today's Thursday. Um, this episode's coming out on Friday. Um, and so I just want to um, recommend the comics that you should have been uh, picking up this week. Um, you still check out at your um, local comic book shop, see if they still have those available or not. You can always get them digital if you read digital. Um, first one from Marvel. I recommend a Marvel, a DC, an independent book, by the way. Marvel, I think you should get Devil's Reign Superior 4, number one. It says, The Fantastic Are No More. Uh, long live the Superior 4. Otto Octavius has acquired a taste for the infinite. Empowered by Wilson Fisk, Dr. Octopus faces a tantalizing, unprecedented opportunity to scour the multiverse, amassing an army of himself. An army to march on our reality, proving Otto's supremacy. And it all begins with his superior four. This is a tie-in to Devil's Reign, uh, which is a great uh, little mini-series that um, is being done by Chip Zardarsky. Zardarsky? I can never say it. Um, so, uh... Check that out. Um, independent book. I think that you should get Hotel, um, Volume 2, Number 2, um, from AWA Upshot. This is the second volume of the smash hit horror series. It's continuing. The Roaring 66 are a notorious motorcycle gang who roam uh, Route 66, terrorizing anyone unfortunate enough to cross their path. When potential new recruit Lucy backs out on a deadly initiation rite, she is forced to hide from her vengeful former riding companions in Perriot Courts. Uh, dosed with hallucinogens and fearing for her life, Lucy is about to embark on a very bad trip. Um, what what can I say about um, uh, the AWA books? Are really great, and uh, is this the hotel is a really great horror series, and you should uh, definitely look into that book. Um, I definitely recommend it. Get the first volume, read that, and then uh, you know read read the new one. Um, really good. 
for on the DC side, I'm going to go with uh, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes, number one. It says the Gold Lantern Saga, part one. This is a 12-issue series, I believe. 12-issue limited series. Anyway. And it says, 1,000 years in the future, a legion of superheroes comes together to dedicate their lives to recapturing the great age of heroes of the 21st century when the heroes discover their reality, that reality is falling, falling to a great darkness in both times simultaneously. The Justice League and the Legion of Heroes must team up to stop it all. But what is the connection between the secrets of the new Gold Lanterns and the coming of the Great Darkness? A monumental DC epic event miniseries. This is written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis. So I don't know what your opinion on Brian Michael Bendis is. He's a kind of uh, polarizing uh, people uh, person, creator for some people. So uh, you either like him or you hate him. Um, but yeah, that's three comics. Great comics they can pick up at your local comic book shop. Like Retrograde Comics in Little Rock, Arkansas. And in the Hillcrest neighborhood. Uh, so check them out or go to your other local comic book shop near you. Whichever one you go to. It's all good as long as you go to a local comic book shop and get your comic books. Um, that's cool. I like comics in print, but if you gotta get them digital, that that's cool as well. So uh, comics, just reading comics. Uh, so, uh, that's all that I got for you guys. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next week for another exciting episode of the Original Geek Show, where we talk the top geek things of 2021. And uh, if you got me on Facebook, send me a message if you haven't sent me a list and you want to get on the list, I will read your list if you're listening to the show. Or you can email me, originalgeekcomics at gmail.com. So, uh, thanks so much, guys, and have a great one.
destiny. Yeah.